all personnel. Incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. Hey, you came back. Thank you. So nice to see you again. Welcome to MASH Matters. Jeff, they came back to listen to more. Oh, um, both of them. They're <laughs> both here. This is incredible. How are you? Oh, please, make yourself at home. Do you, you want a little fizzy water or something? Can we cream some weenies for you? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah. I'll take the corn off of the cob. I don't care. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Hey, thank you for tuning in to MASH Matters. My name is Ryan Patrick, alongside Jeff Maxwell, who played Private Igor for nine of the 11 seasons of the classic television series MASH. It's a pretty good show, Jeff. You've started watching it recently, haven't you? I have. You know, it's a darn cute little program. <laughs> I'm up to season two, oh, and okay. uh, it's wonderful. No spoilers. No, no. That Alan Alda fella. Boy, what a good guy he was. He's pretty good. And you know who? But I really like that major woman. Oh, yeah. She's great. Mm -hmm. That Loretta Swit, she's terrific. Well, she is pretty terrific. And now you can enjoy part two of our conversation with Loretta Swit. Did you know any of the actors, uh, the other actors before MASH? Did you know Alan or or, or Wayne or anybody? No? No. I knew of Alan more than the others knew Mm -hmm. of Alan because I had been in New York and because I was a New York actor and I had seen him on stage and uh, he was wonderful in the stuff. I saw him in Alan the Pussycat. I saw him in Apple Tree. Mm -hmm. So I was aware of how wonderful he was on stage. Um, I saw Wayne on television. Wayne was uh, quite prolific, you know, he was, he worked in television a lot Mm -hmm. as evidenced by his leaving and going immediately into another television series. Yeah, Yeah, he was was good. Uh, No, I didn't know. And I didn't know Gary because I never saw the movie. Mm. Didn't know Larry. No, I guess that's it. I didn't know Mac. And uh, one would think I would have been familiar with McLean because he was in and out of television a lot, wasn't he? Yes, sure. But I didn't know. I didn't know anybody. Uh. Uh-uh. Wow. And yet we all seemed to fuse. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was a. Mm-hmm. It was a fusion. It was a. It was like I don't know a miracle. It was a little kind of miracle. It is yeah. to get yeah. that ma- that many people, and you know, to get that many people who are as creative and kind of you know, high octane folks really on some level to be able to be in a room and, and be that uh, generous with each other and open to each other and, and make that work like that. It really is. You said miracle and it is, I mean, I don't, you can't, how you go out and recreate that anywhere? I, I don't. I you don't. See, you, you don't. You can't. Yeah. No. It's amazing. No, you can't. Uh, <laughs> Alan used to think he could do that because he saw how we were, but he did a movie and he was telling his cast, you know, go out, have be together, play together, go out and get to know each other. And, you know, he thought this would just happen. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. <laughs> ask, ask any one of the Golden Girls. It doesn't happen that way. It was just one of those wonderful things but i think largely due to um the material and the integrity of the personal each each person having the same we're on the same wavelength about the material and the material was so well written 
they also had this gift of putting all the wrong people together at the right time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love the episode with Jamie, birthday girl, yes. where I'm out with, of all people, Klinger. Yeah. And it's my birthday, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I mean, she was like, internally ballistic and then and you see this this joker this guy who's in a dress trying to get out of the army and you see him of all people with her of all people and he brings her this little cupcake with a match in it and uh, it's a whole different experience and the audience you know, of course, they fell in love with us. They loved us they, because we could, they could see these real people. Yes. Yeah. How could you not love these people? And then when they weren't being lovable and adorable, they're saving lives. They're standing in blood and operating on kids that are barely shaving. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it was um, the format with those particular people and those incredible writers and the the production values, you know, Gene and Larry going of Korea, getting stories and information from all those people who were there. It made for an incredible equation. I guess you, I guess you have to say that, I mean, because certainly Fox went after Gene to do the pilot to make the show, uh-huh. and he went after Larry to write the pilot. Yeah. These two guys were were formidable human beings. <laughs> they were geniuses at what they did. They really, absolutely, without question. I, I used to watch, yeah. I kind of stand back and I watch Gene uh, relate to everybody. And again, you're relating to a lot of very creative and brilliant people. Yeah. And that could have gone badly in some way, but he was able to do it like like a, like a maestro, you know, like a, oh, yeah. he was able to have all these beautiful words from Larry Gelbart and all these great concepts. Well, and, and his own words, Gene was a wonderful writer. Yeah. And they were, and he was a wonderful director. Did you ever watch his face? Yes. When he was directing. Oh, yes. He would act out. His face Everything. was acting out with the actor. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It was, was great. <laughs> he was so into it. Yeah, it was. It was fun to just stand there and watch him do that because you <laughs> you didn't have to listen to anything. You just watch him. <laughs> he had so many nicknames for me. <laughs> he, I, my favorite, I think, was Switness. <laughs> Switness. <laughs> That's That's funny. Funny. <laughs> A wonderful title, you know. <laughs> yeah. Switness. <laughs> That's great. That's the name oh, of your next God. book, I think. You should do that book. Yeah, her Switness. <laughs> <laughs> or barks. Or bar- <laughs> you know, there's a. We have a question, and I got to ask you this, just because Ryan and I talked about this earlier, and I'm I'm really curious because I've seen it on television. I went, well, how does that work? This is from Doctor Pop Culture G on Twitter. Uh, I don't really know how Twitter works, but they say, "What was it like being a guest on the Muppet Show?" Oh my God, what an experience! Well, okay, <laughs> for starters. They fly you first class to London. Has I mean, that's just for starters. Oh, wow. <laughs> that ain't bad. Yeah. That's where it was shot. And they they were so good at what they did. I mean, Oz, Frank Oz and and Jim Henson. And, and you know, Jim and I stayed friends until his death. Uh, he came to see me in The Mystery of Edwin Drood. We went out. And, but, okay, personally, everybody gets along so well that set is like a oh it was like a well-oiled machine the first day takes some getting used to because you're working at a different level and i have to remember not to talk to frank 
who is in a different yeah. place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you make that little adjustment. You remember to talk to Miss Piggy there and not to Frank <laughs> there. And, you know, because they're so good, you, you can forget. Mm-hmm. But uh, after, after that first uh, couple of hours, that first day is wonderful. And then rehearsing is great fun because they were like the MASH group, for example, with open ideas, you know, like, what do you think about that? Well, what did you want to see? Well, you think that might be better? I mean, they were very open to whatever. I picked my own music. Wow. You know, they said, I, wow. well, what do you want to sing? And, you know, hmm. so um, they were so totally into creating. And it was lovely. It was a week of creating stuff. And I loved it. Oh, I loved it. And I, And they had, they set up this wonderful competition between me and well miss piggy but i called her pig <laughs> where's the pig you know i came on the <laughs> anyway uh she comes out at, in the tag at the end she comes out wearing a pair of fatigues and the cute little um dog tags you know uh. oh oh loretta loretta we had such a good time having you here you know whatever and so um <laughs> i give her deadly deadpan margaret Houlihan look about what she's wearing yeah and and she she looks down she looks down at what she's wearing and she says funny the shoes don't fit (laughs) it was just so adorable and real and loving and it was great it's an honor and uh, certainly a a highlight in my life wow nice it's it was a beautiful time beautiful i always wondered what it would be like standing there you know trying to be the character be the person who you are and and know that right down you know three feet below you there were a lot of people on their yes. knees with their hands <laughs> yes. up and a lot of cloth <laughs> that's how that right. works yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, true. Wow. that's amazing yeah it was it's very 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 Special. Well, Jim Henson certainly was a genius. He created such a, an incredibly wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what a lovely man. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. What an absolutely lovely man. Do great friends with uh, Gelbart as well, you know. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. There was this big party that I was invited to. The, the, uh, it was a new restaurant opening and they gave a big party. And Larry and Jim and I... And of course, Pat Gelbart, we all went. It was called the Champagne Gallery, I think. It was a wonderful party with these amazing people, all these glorious actors and all the, you know, the British well-known actors. And uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Wow. I can be, I can be such a, a relentless fan, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like, I'm an actor and yet I just, just like, Oh, Michael Caine, you know. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Yeah, I can't do. I remember I met uh, Sid Caesar on the set of MASH. I I turned around and I saw him standing, leaning against the wall, just watching, you know, a scene be rehearsed or shot or something. And I was, this this is God to me. I mean, Sid Caesar, really. And so I look over and I'm, (gasps) and I start hyperventilating. And I think, I I, I have to take a shot. I have to walk over to this man and say something and say whatever is made or may not come out of my mouth, but I have to do this. Mm -hmm. So I did. I walked over and I took a deep breath and I think I said, 
Mr. Caesar. <laughs> I know he was very polite and blinked and shook my hand and, you know, <laughs> hoped that I would go away, <laughs> which I did because <laughs> I was sweaty and I needed to lay down. <laughs> was, yeah, I was, that, was, that was a moment for me. I was uh, doing a play in New York um, same time next year. And at the end of the uh, play, you know the story, roughly these two characters that have met over a weekend for 25 years, mm-hmm. and they're both married to two other people. And um, the way it's staged, I'm facing the audience downstage, and Ted Bessel was my, my guy. Uh, he said, it's so strange. I've been with you for 25 years. I know so little about you. Like, I don't even know who your favorite movie stars are, you know. And the author, writer, said to the actress who played that part, uh, you can pick your favorite actors uh, as long as you end with Turhan Bey, which is a big joke, a big laugh for the audience, Turhan Bey, that she would consider him as uh, one of her favorite actors. Now, I have a sidebar about that because I grew up loving the Arabian Nights movies and I happen to love Turhan Bey. Bey. <laughs> and here's, here's the capper to the story. I got to meet him. Oh, wow. One of my friends knew him. And when I heard, I said, oh, my God, I can I meet him? Oh, my God. I mean, I lost it. Yeah. So they bring me over. And it turns out, of course, he's a fan. <laughs> he says, I cannot believe this. And I'm saying, no, I can't believe it. And he says, oh, my God. Yeah. He was thrilled. He was just so thrilled that I had those feelings about those movies. Yeah, it's something about this business and about show business that we all kind of gravitated to that give us those moments. And we all got into it because, you know, we wanted to be creative. We had these ideas. Yes. What a payoff that is. I mean, it's... it's Absolutely. Absolutely. Better than the, you know, all that money. (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, truly. Yes. It, it, it is. is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's the real joy. Really yeah, joy. you can't buy it. Hey, Loretta, you were talking a little bit earlier before we started recording about something that you participated in recently uh, about the history of sitcoms, I believe. Uh, can you talk about that? Oh, the CNN thing. Well, there's not too much to talk about, except I think they interviewed some incredible names like Mel Brooks or, you know, but they have a whole, maybe a hundred people that they've talked to about television and sitcom and so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. Marion Ross, I know from Happy Days. I think Marlo Thomas. Mm. I had some list of, uh, I didn't need that to persuade me. I have great respect for CNN. And I always love to talk about MASH. I love talking about those people. So um, these people, my people, our people. (laughs) So anyway, I um, was talking forever, it seemed. And I I was telling you this morning, I think that if I'm lucky, there'll be like four minutes air (laughs) that I'll get squeezed into saying, well, it was just the most remarkable experience. And then they'll go to Mel Brooks. Yeah, they go to, and now the commercial. Thanks, Loretta. (laughs) No, that that won't happen. No, if you can cut to Mel Brooks, I'm sure it'll do that. But uh, no, Carl Reiner, they got before he passed. Mm. Yeah. I think Rob, too, probably that that incredible family. Yeah. 
So we were talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is the actress, the female persuasion of actor. How has that advanced? Because he wanted to know what was so special about my character, the fuss that always made about my character. What was it about her? You know, her power, her strength, and the ability to do a character and not care about being liked necessarily. Doing the job. And sometimes you have to be unlikable to do the job. And we went back to Murphy Brown. Now, Murphy Brown, played by one of the most beautiful women ever, that that fact got lost in her talent, her portrayal, her humor, her comedic timing, and the fact that she wasn't always likable. She was tough. She was strong. She was marvelous. She was, in quote, a woman. And, and it was almost a sidebar that she was also so very beautiful. And then she was followed up by a string of very beautiful women where their beauty or their physical appearance was incidental to their success. Mm -hmm. Like Mary Tyler, uh, like Rhoda, like Phyllis, like all these very attractive women who had strength, power, uh, resilience. And I think that shows an enormous growth for the women in television. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it's like why we stopped calling my character Hot Lips, even in the script. Yeah. She became Margaret very soon after, like maybe season three. They took Hot Lips out of the, the script where you had the character name over the dialogue. Yeah. Even there, it was Margaret because that character was more than just one piece of her anatomy. And we've proven it time and again and again. So so you had this growth. You had these women showing you how tough and strong they could be and still be beautiful and still be attractive and still, okay, yeah, sometimes you didn't like them. That's true. Sometimes they had to be that way. Now, men never had to prove themselves. If they were unlikable, it was because they were tough. Ah. So there's a little bit said, wait a minute, that's not fair, is it? So we got to a good place there, you know, and I think it keeps on going. And I talked about Marishka Hargitay, who's absolutely without, I mean, arguably the best actress on television. I mean, she's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you do not see a seam. I mean, she occupies that character. She is that person that episode ends and i figure the captain has gone home to her kid and she's making herself dinner and they all of them leave that episode with a life that i in my imagination follow as does the audience the audience follows those people they all have a life now you know mind you the genre is so different but the comparison with their camaraderie, that is a family on that show. They know each other from Dan Florick to, uh, to Scavino to that wonderful Maloney who left the show and Mariska and Kelly Giddish. Oh, these wonderful people, these wonderful actors who absolutely occupy those characters. They are those people. Now, they just entered their 21st 
season. That's got to tell you something. The audience is saying, we appreciate this show. We love this show. Why? Because we believe in this show. We believe those people, those people are amazing. Not only are they interesting and amazing and funny sometimes even, they're doing a remarkable job as officers in the police department. Yeah. You know, people will say to me, do you watch blah, blah, blah? And I won't give a name. And I say, no, I haven't. No. Oh, you should. It's so funny. It's so wonderful. Wait a minute. What am I going to learn from this show? Is it going to teach me something? Am I going to walk away a better person? If all I'm going to do is laugh, that's fine. It's nice, but I don't have the time. <laughs> and I love a good laugh. God knows. And if, if it fits in the slice of life, like like there are laughs sometimes in uh, SVU. Some of them are, you know, sometimes dark, but, but that doesn't matter if it's real, because if it's real, it contains that life contains laughter and tears. And if you give me that combination, but I don't have the time to just sit there and escape. I'm too busy living my life looking for the escape. Mm -hmm. Now, before Murphy Brown, let's go all the way back. We also talked about the escape shows. So after the war, we needed all of those shows to escape in. And that was okay. That's fine. Yep. You know, but we kept on growing. But she, Murphy Brown, smashed ceilings with this different woman. You never recognized that woman on any other show. Suddenly, the women were not wearing an apron, cooking dinner. Suddenly, the women all had jobs. And the kid was waiting at home saying, you know, what'd you do today, mom, at the hospital? Or did you have a tough surgery? Or I don't know. But suddenly, the women we're playing people. Mm -hmm. And we've watched that. And so we talked about that at length, which is why I think it, it won't be in the special, because it's not about sitcom, but it's about what has happened, I think, to women on the screen. If it's not on CNN, it's going to be here. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. We'll talk about it for you. But I do think that it has been a marvelous and well-deserved growth. And uh, we have the talent out there. We have those talented actors who can do that, who can show us who they are and, and what they're doing. But, you know, let's face it, the medical shows of yore, their patients never died. <laughs> you know, they always saved their patients. Suddenly, we're doing MASH and Henry Blake gets shot down yeah. over the Sea of Japan. So yeah. th this is beyond innovative. This is truth in your face. And the audience is responding well. They're responding because it's honest. You're giving them truth. You're giving them honesty. And if they have to cry, they'll forgive you. Look at the stuff we tried. Look at dreams that Alan wrote. Yeah. Look at, you know, he wrote Comrades in Arms way before we actually did it. Because Gene said, uh, and then Alan and Gene told me this, Gene was afraid to do it too soon. He wasn't sure the audience was going to buy it. You know, let, let them get to know us a little better before we take a chance on that. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was probably right. He was probably right. So the breakthrough was sometimes you hear the bullet. Yes. And suddenly, Alan has to leave the operating room because he's losing his patient 
and it's one of his dearest oldest friends. Yeah. How do you cope with that? How do you how do you handle that in a situation comedy? So when we began talking yesterday, I said I never thought of it as a sitcom. I don't think it applies, but they didn't know where else to put us. <laughs> where do you put us? Right. Yeah. That was our category. What were we? You know what we were? We were mash. We were our own genre. We were our own place. We were MASH. Yeah. And MASH was the star, actually. Everybody pulling their weight to do the best they possibly can. And and that's why it became so good. Yeah. You had to be sitting in on rehearsal days where you heard how actors and writers are talking about that line or this line. No, that won't work if I say it. It's better if Radar says it. And then Frank has that reaction. And, you know, I mean... Gene would tell us, you don't know how hard he and Larry fought to have that rehearsal day. You know how expensive it was to give us that rehearsal day. It was one of the main reasons we never finished the load that was on the call sheet. Never. There was never any way we could finish an episode in five days because we rehearsed. Yeah. But because we rehearsed, is why we got the quality we wound up with. Yeah. And those times around the table, we're asked a lot. We get this question a lot about how much influence did the actors have in terms of their own character and the writers, if the writers wrote something. Could the actors say, well, I don't think they would do it this way. And yeah, you could. You could say that. You could have those conversations. Well, if you didn't say it that way. (laughs) (laughs) No, there was a lot of that. But here, I never heard actors actually giving up jokes or lines. I don't think my character would say that. I think it's better if Bill Christopher and Bill would say, yes, you know, I agree. Not that I want to have, you know, another (laughs) line, but it was that. It was all about the excellence. Right. But you you, you never can, again, my great teacher, Gene Frankel, you can't try to be great. You can't. You try to be as good as you possibly can. You research and tear it apart and keep digging. And when you finally get to a place where you don't have to say, why did she do it? Why did she? Well, but why? If when you get to, well, that's why. Then you, you've reached the bottom that you're searching for, for the character or whatever. Yeah. You do the process, then you do the best. But you can't, you don't set out to be great. We just wanted to be the best we could be. So what comes from that? is the success or the uh, joy or the, but you get there doing your best, doing the best you know how to do. And everybody had that attitude. Yeah. And it, 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 it wasn't just the cast. There were, uh, the crew members were so wonderful too. And they, they all everybody. had the same feeling. There yeah. wasn't, there wasn't any, they just, everybody was there. Everybody was present and there and wanted to Absolutely. be there and, uh, you know, really enjoyed every moment. It, I, you know, I, I don't, people probably get tired of hearing me say that, but it was obviously one of the most wonderful experiences of my life. Having, having spent all that time with so many incredible people, people like yourself and uh, having that experience was just an incredible thing. And uh, what we had, uh, audiences have because they respond to what we were 
you know, feeling as well. And, and that's what audiences feel, I, I assume. I mean, because <laughs> everybody seems to like it. So I guess that's what they're... <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never actually met anybody that said, I don't like MASH. I've never met anybody who said that. There may be some out there, maybe two or three. Would, would they say that to you? <laughs> no, <laughs> well, <I> mean, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I've heard worse, I, actually. I, but... I, I doubt very much. <laughs> uh, I've never... I, I met... Only one person in my whole life who never saw it. Wow. She was from, um, not Slovakia, but uh, Romania, I think, or I forget, but I mean, she barely spoke the language and then she had never seen the show. Yeah, well. But I'll, you know what was interesting? I'm going to tell you this story. A friend of mine, very well educated, I'm trying to remember what her ethnicity was. She was not American, but she, well, she was European. She spoke like, nine or 11 languages. I mean, she was amazing, but she was not American. And that's crucial to the story. She wanted to watch MASH. And so I was playing some um, episodes for her. Now we have this episode and the crew walks into the mess tent. You'll love this because you're in it. And it was either Alan or Wayne lifted the top of the, of the cauldron, the lid on that big pot, the big cauldron and steam came out and there was no food inside. And whoever, I guess it was Alan, he said, ah, Claude Rains is coming for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but you have to understand something. You're both Americans. You're both into movies. Mm -hmm. And you both know that Claude Rains is not only a famous actor, but he's famous for his first film, which was called The Invisible Man, which made him a star based on the last frame in which he became visible. Yeah. The point is the invisible man and actor named Claude Rains. If you don't know any of this, it's not a joke. Yeah. Right. Not going to be funny. Right. My very well-educated multilingual friend looked at me and said, what does that mean? Hmm. And it was the first time I realized what an American joke it was. Not necessarily only American. It was also, uh, you know, the UK and so forth. But, but I mean, it was a particular joke that you had to have a frame of reference. Sure. I watched MASH after that, kind of looking for little things like that, that made it intrinsically American. American, yeah, interesting. Yeah. American. American. <laughs> American. <laughs> um, <laughs> And but you know the, the the world loved us. They loved the American about us. They yeah. still do. Yeah. But let me ask you: Have we exhausted all the questions that were left over? Yes, we have. And... Oh well, that's good. So I've accomplished a great deal. You, you have. <laughs> <laughs> Our work here is done. Yes. <laughs> My work here is done. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> well, I, you know, Loretta, thank you so much for for doing this and for doing the encore <laughs> show. Thank you just for putting up with us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want to enjoy all this laughter that we've had? Yeah. Yeah. I'm always up for it. And I send you love 
from Mike Farrell, and I bring you love from Jamie Farr. Uh, thank you. Again, thank you so much for being here. And, and you have become, and we see it all the time, and we hear it all the time in emails and messages and things. People love and adore you, and they talk about how much influence you've had in their lives. It's an amazing thing. It goes, it's a lot. It's a lot of people do it. A lot of people say it. I'm very proud of you and hearing that. And I know you have to be proud of yourself because you've done such a remarkable thing by helping a lot of people find a way in their life, really, and find careers and ways of living. And yeah. and it started from a little television show, a 26-minute television show. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. To hark back to the friends who say, oh, you have to watch this program. And I'm sure it's delightfully funny and so forth. I need more. Yeah. I hark back again to our show who gave more. And I have every reason to expect more. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I deserve it. I'm an audience. I want more. I want the best you've got. Uh, Again, there's nothing wrong with uh, a half hour of nothing but jokes and laughter and fun. I'm not putting the knock on that. But at this point, I guess, in our lives, in my life and my time, I have to prioritize. And I need more and I want more. So maybe sometime I'll be flipping around the dial and I'll run past the show that they've recommended and I'm seduced by it and it's delightful and funny. Will I go back and become a fan and watch it all the time? No, I can't. I don't have the time. I'm too busy with things that I really consider important. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But, but again, you know, I listen to my stuff and I say, oh, Loretta, you are a really, you are a pain in the neck. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but in a, I think in a way, I use that part of me uh, for Margaret, who also was difficult very often, very difficult, very demanding, but so very vulnerable and touchable, you know, efficient. And the real by the book pain in the ass sometimes. Mm-hmm. And and your you know the character your performances have allowed audiences to feel that about themselves and be okay with it and understand it and grow from it. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jeff. Yes, that's what I didn't say. You said it. Yes, because they feel a reflection. Yes. It's like when you see a flawed character or person, it gives you permission to feel your own flaws. Mm-hmm. If we're human, we're going to have those. Nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. My friend Madeline, she used to say, oh, perfect is boring. (laughs) (laughs) But but there's there's just the tiniest grain of truth about that. Let's not be so perfect that we're boring. Let's keep trying to grow, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything to worry about. (laughs) You know, Jeff, you and I, the cameos, they have added such gravitas, I guess, to my life that, that the outreach, touching somebody's life, mm-hmm. making somebody happy yep. with a cameo where you video and you say this or that, and it makes them cheer up or, or happy or, you know, what is a better, more blessed way to live? Yep. This is the salvation of our humanity, the connection and how we're going to care for each other. Mm -hmm. That's what our world should be about. Yep. Uh, Thank you, Loretta, for taking time to talk to us again. This has been just an absolute delight, a treat, a real treat. Thank you. I had 
so much fun. And thank you for letting me sound off. Oh, thank you for being here. We love you and adore you and come back anytime. Uh, our mash matters is your mash matters. You know that. I'm, I'm just thrilled that I was able to get on Zoom. So, yeah, wow. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I feel uh, like quite grown up. <laughs> it's a big day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys. Thank you, Loretta. Thank you, Loretta. Take care. God bless. Oh, that's great. Loretta Swit, thank you so much. What a wonderful, charming visit that was. Yeah. This was an encore to an encore, wasn't that <laughs> right? Yeah, this was her encore to her encore. Yes, yeah. And boy, she is welcome anytime to MASH Matter. She is such a delightful person. I'm glad that she was able to come back because we had all those questions that we weren't able to get to the first time around. So I'm glad that she came back to answer those leftover questions. <laughs> you know, yeah. great questions. Yeah. We just ran out of time the first time. And so uh, thank yeah, you so much to yeah. Loretta Sweat. If you haven't yet, please check out her book. We'll have a link to that book in our show notes too. So you can buy a copy of that book. She'll autograph it and send it to you. It's pretty amazing. And uh, she is pretty amazing. Thank you, Loretta Sweat, for joining us on MASH Matters. And now we would like to thank our Patreon supporters who have been very supportive of MASH Matters. And we want to give them their due. We would like to thank Private Don Wilson, Corporal Eric White, and Corporal Rachel Irvine, Captain Tina DeMeglio, Captain Michael Gibbons, and last but not least, Major Mark Reed. You know, Jeff, we have been doing some VIP Zoom chats with our majors on Patreon lately, and I'm having a blast with those. I don't know about you. Weren't those fun? I tell you, I was so excited after that I I could barely sleep. I <laughs> I got up in the night and my wife says, "What's wrong?" I said, "We with these zooms and everybody was so nice." Yeah, but they really were. I I we loved them and they the zoom calls were just really fun. It was fun to look face to face with somebody and talk about them and learn who they are and how they got to mash and you know why they're actually talking to us. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and those things. Yeah. But it was really really fun. So I. I advise anybody out there to try and do this because it's fun. We have fun and I guarantee you, you're going to have fun too. And you'll be supporting the podcast and making these episodes possible. You can find out more information at mashmatters.com slash support. You can also find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube. You can find us now on Instagram. Call and leave a voicemail, 513-436-4077. And if you want one of those fancy schmancy cameo videos that Jeff Maxwell is doing now for fans, you can find that link in our show notes. And I will be as fancy schmancy as I possibly can <laughs> for you. Until next time, here's looking up your old address. 